0: Welcome once again to Cinemaholics, the major motion podcast where we talk about the biggest and best films coming to theaters and streaming online, like Peacock. From the San Francisco Bay Area, I'm John Negroni, film editor for InBetweenDrafts.com, And from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, he's not just a freelance film writer, he's also a fellow pizza-loving robot. It's Will Ashton.
1: What up? I'm here. I'm sleepy. I'm here to talk about a sleepy movie, but not a sleeper hit.
0: It wasn't a sleeper hit. I haven't even looked at the box office for the movie we're talking about, which is Five Nights at Freddy's.
1: I guess I should say it was a hit, at least the first weekend was. Um,
0: it made $223 million at the box office on a $20 million it, budget. You, I'm looking at this for the first time. Well, Ashton, you lied to me.
1: No, I, I think you misunderstood me. I say it's not a sleeper hit because this was expected among the youth.
0: Oh, I thought you were OK.
1: Yeah, I, I could see the wheels turning in your head a little bit and, and misunderstanding me. I was trying Yeah, to-
0: the real horror wasn't this movie. It was my surprise at your statement.
1: Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I just think it's kind of uh, it's funny to me that, uh, you know, I'm like, Hey, we should see this Taylor Swift thing. It's going to be a big film event. And you're like, yeah, no thanks. And then, you know, <laughs> Friday, Freddy's like, this is going to be a big film thing. We should do this. And you're like, I, I guess. And then now we have this Marvel's movie that is not going to be a big film event, but you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. We can't not review that film. That well, would
0: be- yeah. I, do I really have to explain? What, okay, Cinemaholics, when I start the show, I say the biggest and best film okay. coming to theaters and streaming online. It's
1: for the best, so I don't know what, what the... <laughs>
0: <laughs> now, we're dealing with a bunch of movies that definitely vary in terms of pop culture pop cultural interest sure and i would say on in that respect captain captain marvel the marvels it's it's a bigger deal than i think you're letting on
1: i think you're living in a fantasy right now because you're not seeing how it's
0: also about the conversations Will Ashton. sure I, again we've been over this what were we going to say about the taylor swift documentary there were oh. taylor swift songs this was the production of it it was it's not really cinema
1: I think there's an interesting conversation there about how we never really covered a uh, concert film, the, the, uh, you know, this kind of overwhelming, uh, prestige. I feel like people put onto this artist now in a way that I feel like is way bigger than pretty much any other pop artist I can think of. Even at a time when like boy bands and, you know, Britney Spears and what have you were like just
0: pop culture talk. That's I mean, and that's fine. We can do that. But on cinemaholics, that's something we do on like, post-pop
1: post-pop yes my oh, <laughs> you're bringing me back um <laughs> yeah but no i i uh i lost my train i thought oh what i was gonna say is uh with the marvels the big reason i actually put my foot down not scenes because they're making me at uh, the, the the movie is telling me i need to watch not one but two shows that i don't care about in order to make sense of this plot and you know what that's my barrier <laughs> for entry.
0: Uh, fair enough. I'm not going to force you to watch the Marvels. You can do whatever you want. Um, I did watch the Marvels. I reviewed it for in between drafts. Uh, I liked it a good bit. I, I, I thought it was quite fun and I am going to find a way to talk about it on this show with or without you. Um, because it's, it, I mean, look, it's still Marvel. Marvel, Marvel is still, you know, Hollywood's premier franchise next to cheese. I don't even know what else compares at this point since we don't really get Star Wars movies anymore, but it's a big deal. Uh, I know a lot of people are going to be curious to hear what we say about the latest Marvel thing. That's all I'm saying. Whereas the Taylor Swift thing, I felt like I didn't have much to contribute there. And uh, whatever. whatever. We, we, are, we are united, though, on talking about Five Nights at Freddy's.
1: Which you were pushing back against as well. And that's the reason why I bring this up. Because I think it's so funny that, you know, not only uh, do we have a video game movie. It's a video game movie that I'm pushing for us to cover. And, you know, I thought you'd be jumping for joy being like, finally, I can talk video games with my pal, Will, but <laughs> I've never played the game. Nor have
0: uh, yeah, I. Yeah, I don't know. I I'm vaguely aware of the game. I kind of heard of it like years and years ago. Never got into it. I don't really get the like I get the idea. It's like Chuck E. Cheese horror. Like they, the uh, you know, the animatronics like eat yeah. kids or something.
1: Yeah, I think it's a little bit more showbiz. Uh, a pizza than E. cheese but yeah in that vein yeah basically Chuck e. what cheese. is
0: showbiz pizza what are you talking about what
1: well do you remember how there was uh watch well, this might have been even before your time too and i guess my time as well there was uh you know there was uh showbiz pizza and then there was chucky e. cheese and then Chuck E. cheese dominated and like consumed showbiz pizza and you know basically basically uh Showbiz Pizza was kind of like a bigger thing, I think, in like the eighties.
0: Oh would... yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm looking at images now. I remember this thing. So we we had a, this kind of thing in my hometown, but they rebranded it. But it had the same animatronics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was like, but they and it, it wasn't just pizza. They also it was like a big uh, ice cream thing too. I don't remember yeah. the name of it though.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think
0: definitely not Freddy's.
1: Yeah, I think the uh, if I recall correctly, the the um the game creator said i think they were more inspired by showbiz pizza um but you know because chucky e. cheese is the dominant cultural force that it is you know I, I think most people including myself are going to look at something like five nights at freddy's and say oh it's like Chuck E. cheese but evil the movie which yeah. you know sounds interesting it's a cool premise it took a long time though for them to make this movie
0: so as we've kind of alluded to here yeah we're talking about a horror movie Based on the video game series, and neither of us have played, so we can't really speak to that. Uh, Scott Coffin was the creator of the games. Uh, this movie directed by Emma Tammy, who I, I don't think I'm as familiar with. That, that doesn't ring a bell, uh, yeah. quite honestly.
1: She, um, she made a film before this. Is it, is it called like The Woods or or something along those lines? That it's like a promising debut, and I guess uh, they saw something in that film that uh, thought that made the producers think that she was the right person for this job. But I, yeah, I'm not familiar with the filmmaker before this film. It
0: looks like they made something called the wind.
1: The um, wind. That, I know. Yeah. W, but yeah.
0: Yeah. With Caitlin Gerard and Ashley Zuckerman. Yeah. It looks like a pretty small movie. Uh didn't, didn't watch this one, uh, but yeah, this looks like a horror Western to me, which, okay. So that seems to be tracking. Uh, it looks like she's also made some shorts, but uh, yeah. Anyway. So in terms of five nights at Freddy's, um, it, it's kind of like uh, another way to look at the premise. I think is you know night at the museum, you know, but like kind of the horror Chuck E. Cheese thing too, because it, it's sort of like oh the the you know the Chuck E. Cheese place kind of comes to life at night, and it's a security bumbling security guard, you know, with a kid, okay. <laughs> right? Uh, Josh Hutcherson is the main main guy here. Uh, not not a lot of like super recognizable like stars. Uh, you know, the young kid is played by Pippa Rubio, who has been on like one or two other things. And then, uh, Elizabeth Lail, people might recognize from that show you, uh, which I don't think will, you were, you ever got into that Netflix, uh, TV show.
1: No, I, I, I remember you telling me about it. Is that show still on that, that end recently?
0: It it just aired its fourth season, uh, and it's a good show. It's definitely like pulpy, trashy, um, in a fun way, I think. And uh, yeah, that's the, it's a Penn Badgley and uh, Elizabeth Lale, main character uh, early on in the show, and so you know she she pops up here and there. Um, but yeah, anyway, so also Matthew Lillard uh, kind of shows up here. wasn't expecting him, and best of all, Freddie. Got to see Freddie and and Chica, Foxy, the whole gang. Yep. So uh, <laughs> all the buds. Uh, yeah. So so as you were kind of alluding, this is something that this is a movie that I've been trying to make since I think like the game basically came out. Like people were like, oh yeah, this us uh, do a film adaptation of this thing. Like way back, like in twenty fifteen. And uh, yeah, I mean, it,
1: I, it didn't. I, I thought the game the game came out like a while back, like twenty eleven or something like that, maybe or sooner. I, uh, say- I thought it was a
0: little bit sooner. I'd have to look it up. Um, I thought, I thought it was like 20 teens, like later 20 teens, but yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. I'm seeing here 2014 that, that track. Oh. So like literally like right after the game, like came out, I think the game was kind of like a viral sensation back when oh. things kind of still went viral. Um, and I, I think that the, the, the movie was probably like a quick reaction to that. It looks like Blumhouse was kind of looking at it in 2017, Chris Columbus, was attached to it at one point um as a director it, this thing just went through so many iterations over and over and over again uh but yeah. yeah it looks like they finally just decided like let's just make this thing like can we just hurry up um one one notable thing is that uh they they used jim henson's creature shop to work on the animatronic characters which i could not tell you because a lot of the time the animatronics look cg and uh it was, it was kind of Weird uh, for parts of the movie, because i I couldn't always tell, like you know, if any of it was practical, but uh, whatever. Uh, and then yeah, it, we here it is now. Now, the movie itself came out. I don't think they were expecting it to do much business. They had a pretty initial kind of like box office run, and then they almost immediately put it on Peacock, the streaming service. but they put it behind the most premium like paywall so i think you have to have like their premium plus just to stream the movie i don't know if that changed too if they were just like whoa money on the table like we don't want everybody to be, just be able to watch this so easily and so like if you, um, you know i don't know if that's the case i'm speculating
1: yeah i mean i think they just basically did the same thing that they did with the later two halloween movies which is they did like a day-to-date with peacock and theaters and yeah I, I know it worked at least for um halloween kills like they i think it was able to do pretty good business in spite of being on premium peacock Though so i think that says less about um uh the movie itself and more that i think people just don't want to get peacock uh premium and mm-hmm. uh, if they want to see something they'll just rather pay whatever. they go the go on a night be. out
0: i mean it, it, this came out october And, you know, it's Halloween month and really not much competition at the box office. And, you know, if you've been looking at the Cinemaholics releases and you heard our little, you know, diatribe earlier about Taylor Swift and all this stuff, you know, it it, it has been kind of like, like, stuff's been delayed. It's been a very quiet, kind of sleepy couple months at the box office since the summer ended. And so I do think a big reason why this movie kind of had a little bit of a splash and then dipped in the second week it's because people were like, oh, yeah, a movie. And it's not a Martin Scorsese movie that's going to take me two days to watch. So there you go.
1: Yeah, it was definitely very front-loaded. Also, I think the fact that it came out that Halloween weekend when people would be most uh, inclined to want to see a new uh, horror movie. Uh, yeah, it just made sense that was kind of front-loaded in that respect. But, I mean, this is, uh, you know... Like, I, I have heard of Five Nights at Freddy's. <laughs> like, I know it's, it is, it is like, a big to-do. Uh, and it, it does seem to be, like, a much bigger thing for, like, Gen Z and Alpha. I mean, I, I, I can't speak for millennials and their relationship to um, this game and this uh, upcoming, or this new film. But uh, I, I do know that it is kind of surprising how many young people, like, kids were interested in this. To the point where they made it, like, a PG-13 film. Which... I don't know. I mean, I've heard the argument made that this is trying to be kind of like a gateway horror film in a way that like something like, uh, I don't know, like maybe Gremlins or like Poltergeist or something is like a way for, you know, kids or preteens to start getting into horror. I think that's
0: kind of the tone of those movies, to be honest.
1: Sure. I think I like the spirit of that maybe more than I like the actual film (laughs) itself, but I don't want to jump ahead too much.
0: The setup here, and, uh, you know, it, it's not that complicated. We kind of already gave you the, the basic gist, but there's this place called Freddie Fazbear's Pizza, which was like, it used to be this pretty successful, like, family entertainment center. And it was, like, super, super popular in the 80s, all this stuff, right? and eventually you know now it's in the present day nobody goes anymore but some creepy stuff happens at night there's like a cold open with like security guard and you know the animatronics are like maybe you know causing some mischief what's going on there and then we kind of cut to the like okay this is the part of the horror movie where we set up the boring sort of like protagonist that we got to follow right uh in this case josh hutcherson kind of is a bit of a mood in this, you know, I feel like I haven't seen the guy since the hunger games movies. I don't know if I'm forgetting something, but, uh, I don't think he's really been around that much in anything that I've been seeing. But, uh, regardless of that, he, he kind of, he plays this guy. He's like, uh, he has to take care of his younger sister. Uh, he's her legal guardian and he's having trouble making money and keeping a job because he has like this trauma of like his younger brother was kidnapped when he was a kid and he, he like has a, an acute sensitivity to children being kidnapped. And then would you know it? His only option left to get a job and to keep his sister from being taken away and given over to his evil aunt is to get this job at the Freddy's pizza place as their security guard, terrible hours, terrible pay and you know, high turnover rate, Right. But ultimately, he he decides to end up doing it. And, you know, maybe there's some stuff, you know, going on in this place that has to do with missing kids, tying directly to his own traumas. You kind of get the gist, uh, you know, in, in this movie, I went into it kind of having an idea like that was what the premise is. I, th- I think I, I like kind of watched one trailer at one point, barely was paying attention. And I was like, I feel like I get I got it. Like, I know what this movie is. I will say, Will, the movie kind of had a couple of zigs, couple of zags, that I was like, oh, I, I didn't really think they were going to do that. But, uh, oh, I can't, okay, I guess if they're kind of going for the gremlins thing, like, it is being a little, it, you know, it, it's not going to be exactly the movie it looks like on the tin, at least not yet. So I uh, also got a little bit of small soldiers in this here and there, um, but not as good. Look, I don't know what you're going to say about small soldiers in, in a few seconds, but uh, I think that movie is quite fun, and uh, has a nice uh, soundtrack.
1: I mean, that's another uh, Joe Dante film, I think, right? There you Um, go. Yeah, actually, I never saw Small Soldiers, funny enough, because uh, the concept freaked me out as a kid, like evil Toy Story. I was just like, I was afraid. I was spooked.
0: I was just the right age. You know, that's what and, and I think you're spot on about five nights at Fridays. That is a very Gen Z thing that and like Slenderman and stuff like that, because that was like the era of like really online, like when teenagers were on YouTube, I feel like when we were on YouTube, it was like a decade before that, like kind of into the same stuff, whereas like for them, like, yeah, this, this is kind of their thing. Small Soldiers was my thing in terms of this kind of movie, I guess. And Gremlins was, you know, the Gen X thing. So. There, there, there's got to always be a cycle. Did we have a 2000s one? What was between Small Soldiers and Five Nights at Freddy? That's two. That's two uh, decades. What do we get in the 20 teens and the 20 knots?
1: It's a good question. I feel like there was something.
0: Yeah, it was just you know. Yeah. I couldn't tell you. Uh, wow. Mm-hmm. Let's look up Joe Dante's filmography.
1: I was gonna say, well, Chucky would have been before that.
0: Yeah, Chucky was the 90s.
1: Yeah, and
0: they they, no, they Chucky, never really stopped with those movies.
1: Chucky was started in the 80s right but then yeah kind of like became more of a thing in the 90s
0: yeah i Um, remember child's play like those movies i remember seeing them at the video rental store i was there
1: yeah i don't know i mean there's something obvious i think we're probably overlooking but i can't think of it what it is we're too Uh, tired as we've
0: established
1: too sleepy uh like i was watching this movie uh,
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean this. Yeah. This this is not a movie that really held my attention that firmly. I I I, I watched it. I I wasn't a movie that I was kind of like I can't wait to turn it off. But I, I mean I, I'm not like I've been thinking about it every day. That's for dang sure.
1: Yeah, I mean it, it's kind of one of those movies that's sort of doomed by its title a bit because the stretches out over five days. Uh, it does kind of lose whatever sense of atmosphere it needs to build i think it's easier to kind of contain that when you're playing a video game and like you know like you have to go through the levels and like if you die the first time and you kind of get this sense of the place and the atmosphere i think that's easier to sustain in a a game in a movie it's just like okay well obviously nothing's gonna happen the first night uh maybe some spooky stuff's gonna happen the second night but not to our main characters Like, we really got to wait until that fifth day. And I feel like, I don't know, there are certain ways uh, you can work around that. And certainly, I think other movies can kind of prevent that kind of rigidness and structure. But I think this one is just so beholden to just kind of, like, staying uh, true to the sort of uh, cliche uh, story archetype as far as, like, everything has to now relate to grief and trauma. And I, I do think there is you know, something a little uh, a little trite about people complaining about that as much, but, like, even the evil Chuck E. Cheese movie can't avoid the grief and trauma of this genre. It's just a little, <laughs> like, yeah. like, can't we have a little fun? Like, you know, I mean, like, this movie, I, I, I get, like, you can't have it, like, super colorful and wacky, but, you know, you can have a little bit more fun. This is, like, evil animatronics. You know, you can can get a little goofy.
0: Yeah, I, I actually, I, I do agree with you. I... I think that I kind of appreciate, though, like I, I I appreciate elements of this movie because I don't think it takes itself too seriously, and it it kind of just it kind of just works on a very basic level. Like I didn't watch this. I think in the ideal environment, I don't think this is a movie to watch alone. You know, like by yourself. I think if I had watched this in like a packed theater. Bunch of people who love themselves, and you know, not just Five Nights at Freddy's, but just some just can't be weird horror stuff. Then, yeah, I think. I think, and, and if I was also also if I was fourteen, I think I would have loved this. Like, I think I would have loved it and been like, okay, yeah, it's objectively bad, I love it anyway. I mean, it's it's got that kind of energy to it. It's not even trying.
1: It, it, kinda, I don't know. I feel like I would be more forgiving if it was trying to be zanier and was like, you know, just schlocky. Like, it's so, it's so beholden to kind of being a little bit more, like I said, rigid in tone and structure that I feel it only hurts it because you're not really, like, you know, getting involved with it. Like, when there is actual killings, like, there's, you know, we establish some pretty heavy, like, lambs to the slaughter uh, here. And, like, that sequence gets fun because it is a little bit more goofy and playful, but it, it feels like a little, uh, you know, a little thin when it's, like, all, you know, kind of sequestered to that one little scene. Uh, and then we just kind of have to have like these long, long stretches of characters just talking and and kind of showing a lot of exposition. And, that, and another big thing is, I don't know, especially as someone who's not familiar with the game, there's this weird insistence on, like, establishing lore and, like, kind of talking uh, about things i feel like the audience is kind of supposed to be aware of and know of it doesn't really feel like easter eggs it just kind of feels like it's just kind of like nudging the audience members that were supposed to be in the know but excluding like new viewers like myself who would you know want to play this game if this movie was more enticing
0: Hmm. honestly i yeah i saw after the fact that apparently there were a bunch of easter eggs i didn't even notice they were supposed to be easter eggs i just i mean i kind of just assumed they were like elements of the game that were here. But I guess that didn't really bother me as much. I mean,
1: I I will say, uh, like kind of going to your point earlier, I I did also watch this at home. I think neither of us saw this in theaters, but um, I I did watch it with my roommate and uh, my friend uh, who were uh, both like familiar. Maybe not like, you know, experts on the game, but both familiar and able to kind of like kind of explain things as they were happening and um, kind of point out those Easter eggs I was referring to. I see. Uh, but yeah,
0: not my experience. I I think if you just kind of watch it without really that on your brain, like I, I don't know, I don't think it's going to be distracting personally.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I just I guess for me it's more of like I don't know, there's something that's very meticulous about kind of setting up things and establishing things that I guess the viewer if they're familiar with the game should already be in the know about, but like at the same time there is something that's just kind of haphazard about the storytelling here because it is kind of, uh, you know, a little too, uh, you know, it feels like it's playing too uh, loose with some of the aspects that like, you know, like we we get like an extended sequence here that is kind of supposed to be goofy and silly, but it feels more jarring than like funny or like lighthearted because it just, I I don't know. I, I, I never really got the sense that the, the movie was really leaning into those characters as well. I guess it just kind of feels like the, 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 the main stars of the film, which would be these animatronics, uh, often get sides, uh, you know, pushed to the side in favor of these kind of mopey characters (laughs) who, um, you know, don't really, uh, uh, keep my focus or interest or attention for, uh, for too long, and I think it just kind of drags this whole thing out. Especially considering that it's you know uh, about two hours. I think
0: it it was longer than I expected. It's 110 minutes, so an hour fifty, not quite two hours, but close. I I yeah, I think a lot of the what you're saying. I, I don't know. I think a lot of it is a function of um the budget being a big limitation. I think like having the animatronics be more center stage. I think that they. A, probably just didn't have a script that really supported it logistically. And and B, I think that they wanted to try to like, you know, be like, oh, but you care. Like you, the, the deaths and the stakes, you really need to care. So we really got to sell this Hunger Games actor, you know, being in this movie. And yeah, I mean, I think that that's going to have a limited effective range. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, it kind of does the cheesy horror movie thing where like you're really watching it for three or four moments, not really a movie. Um I didn't find a lot of, like, super positive, you know, feedback reviews on this one. Uh, I think that uh, yeah, there were some that was, like, four stars because Josh Hutcherson is hot. I'm like, okay, I'll make sure I'll, I tell Will. But uh, this one's from Chris and R. This, this one was pretty reasonable. Three and a half stars. Chris okay. and R. said, I played the games many times and know the lore, which made this really fun. One of my main thoughts while watching, however, was that my fear stem from my knowledge of the game. It reminded me of the first time I played in a dark room and completely unprepared for what was about to happen. I was scared by the open door ominously looming behind Josh, and my knee-jerk reaction to the security screens was to quickly scan them. Because I played the game, I don't know how someone would appreciate the fear tension of this movie without previously playing Five Nights at Freddy's, which is why I'm only giving it three and a half stars. But for me, it was great. So that one seems to be kind of from the perspective of somebody who played the games and just kind of like reveling in what they like about the games I guess
1: yeah Um, I do need to say before I forget I I don't share your uh, criticism of the animatronics I thought the Jim Henson uh, creatures design was easily probably the best thing about this movie I like the design I didn't say anything about the design I'm sorry like in addition to the design I should also say like the um, the characters themselves I think I don't know. I I wasn't uh, uh, as noticing, I guess, of the the CGI that they use. I thought it was a pretty nice blend, and I nice. I do think there is a fair bit of practical over CG here that feels refreshing, it does kind of lend itself to that '80s '90s uh, feel. I think we were referring to earlier. Uh, this one's from Mary Kate,
0: not to be confused with Mary Kate Olson. Uh, not as scared as I was hoping, but I did have a great time watching it. Also, anything with practical effects is a win for me, so thank you, Jim Henson's Creature Shop. Three stars. So yeah, Mary Kate's on your side, Washington. Uh, and and look, I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna talk smack about Jim Henson. You know me. Uh, I do I do have to ask though: so is, is our, our good friend and fellow Jim Henson appreciator, Matt Serafini, Did he watch this movie? I, I would like to know that. I haven't asked him.
1: Yeah, I didn't uh, check in. I, I feel like he didn't, but I could be wrong on that one.
0: It's definitely his thing, uh, or could be. I don't know for sure um, how he would I don't know, because he's our generation, so Five Nights at Freddy's, not exactly, you know, he might not be hip with the with the, with the Gen Z kids. So I don't know for sure. Um. this one, this one, I definitely kind of like, yes. Uh, So this was from Massey, another three star. Not as bad as I thought it would be, but I needed way less story and a lot more animatronics. That's what you're saying. Yes. I, I think the thing with the story, I'm a little conflicted on it because it's like, well, what do you do with all the animatronics without the story behind it? do you just kind of have like the animatronics talking to each other? Like I, I bet you're nodding and being like, yes, but John, just keep going. You're on the right track.
1: I don't know. I mean, like the movie's already like the premise of it is silly. And like, even the concept of the film is silly, but I feel like it takes it so seriously that I don't know. It just doesn't, it just seems more preposterous than if they really just, went full ham. Not i saying they have to have like weird extended sequences where the car- the animatronics are like plotting and scheming like that. But I don't know. I mean, I know just, it's
0: not your job. You're not the screenwriter. Yeah. I get it.
1: But no, I just, I don't know. I mean, I guess like, I guess the big thing would have been to, uh, introduce more scenes with Matthew Lillard, who is pretty easily, as far as like the actual actors go, the high point of the film. And the one actor who seems to be aware that like, Oh, this movie about evil animatronics should be kind of fun and silly as opposed to everyone else who's playing it pretty straight and serious. Like
0: Zoink Scoob. They don't have pizza at this place.
1: Yeah. Um, No, I mean, I thought, uh, you know, for what, people who
0: don't know why I just did that. Matthew Lilly played Shaggy and James Gunn Scooby-Doo.
1: That is true. Well, he didn't direct them. That was I was Roger, know, but it's
0: still his. Yeah. Um, Speaking of which, James Gunn's Looney Tunes that he sure. wrote. No man, right. I can't believe. Well, oh, yeah. Bummer. Anyway. I
1: don't want to think about it.
0: Need, I don't want to think about it. It's already in my head. I inceptioned it for everybody. Sorry. All right. Sorry, now we're talk
1: about sad stuff. You're going to bring up the Israel Palestine conflict.
0: <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> 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 this is a two star from uh, from Devi. Debbie said, uh, the set design and practical effects are chef's kiss. Mwah. However, that's as far as my compliments go. The story felt unbelievably disjointed and battled between being a Fred five nights at Freddy's movie and its own separate murder mystery. Vanessa was also very unnecessary and her lines felt forced and cringe. Um, okay. Yeah. First of all, if, if you couldn't tell, it definitely feels like a TikTok kind of movie. Uh, I bet. I bet it's like a big TikTok thing. Not that I use. Not that I use TikTok. Yeah. So Vanessa, she's she's the cop character that uh, we were talking about. Uh, Elizabeth Lail before plays her. It's not. I, I get the function of the character. I, I get like why the character kind of needs to be in the movie. She does serve a point. But I get what this person is saying is like her being unnecessary. It's like yeah, kind of. Like I think that she kind of rounds out the cast in an interesting way. But she is so, like, her character, it, it, it really is just, like, it's not a good performance. And I, I don't know if it's just the writing. I think it's a combination of things. But I do think Lil, a little bit, was kind of, like, not feeling it. Like, maybe regretted being cast. Maybe that's too harsh. But I did not buy for a second that she was, A, a cop. So the point where I was just, like, well, when are we going to find out that she's not really a cop? Because she does not act or operate like right. a police officer <laughs> and then like i don't know i don't know what was going on there
1: well i mean i don't blame her because like she she feels like she's like kind of like a crutch to the story like there's no interior life to this character it's i mean outside of like what we're supposed to know uh and what we're supposed to gather from her character just spouting exposition uh from multiple long scenes or like her later you know deeper connection to this lore uh you know it just it doesn't feel very enriched in character i i i would not uh envy this uh, acting role because it just sure. doesn't I, feel you know it's something I, that an actor can really relish yeah and, and I, I
0: think I think to your point, I think it's even more pronounced when you notice that Josh Hutcherson, he's doing like the depressed mopey performance, which is very showy. Sure. It kind of needs to be. And so like when you, when you have these two characters in the same space and you have him just being like, I can't sleep. I care about my sister, man. And she's a little bit like, this place was really big in the 80s. Right. <laughs> I really, I loved coming here as a kid. Hey, look, this place is, this place is on my beat. I'm responsible for this place, partner. Like, it was a lot.
1: Sure. And it doesn't help that they have, you know, such si- sizzling hot chemistry together. You know, the screen's just burning alive.
0: <laughs> Even the animatronics were like, hey, right. we, we, we could use some of the le- that electricity. to Power us right. on. Yeah, <laughs> Send it sir. our way. Uh, I actually thought the kid, um, the younger sister, she wasn't bad. Yeah, she she kind of she kind of brought it P- Pipper Pipper Rubio, I think.
1: Uh, Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I don't think the performance stood out necessarily, but I don't think she was bad.
0: Yeah, I think I think that was a case where, like, she wasn't given like a million things to do, but I think she kind of chewed what she was given. You know, it was, it was definitely a promising performance from a young actor. And, you know i'm looking i'm looking for everything i can here um most of the other reviews i i feel like a lot of people are just saying like it's not scary i loved it like that's kind of like the mood here it's right. like two well, I mean, stars it sucks yeah. go see it now
1: <laughs> yeah i mean that's the thing right is that like i i feel kind of bad for the people who uh you know are like oh hey, it's a starter horror film like yes you know if this gets people into the genre then god bless but yeah, know. I feel like there are like starter horror films that people can watch that are actually kind of scary, but you can watch, you know, at a like, uh, younger age, like I said, like Poltergeist or Gremlins are like really good examples of movies I think are really solid and have like scary, spooky elements to them. But, you know, you can watch that, you know, uh, as an adult or as a kid and I think get, you know, the max impact of it. And I feel like this is more like, yeah, it, it's a starter film in the sense of like you can kind of do this as a launching pad, but it's not very scary <laughs> on its own, you know, terms or merits. Uh, but you know, if it does get people interested in horror, I certainly can't complain.
0: Did you ever go to Chuck E. Cheese blushing?
1: Oh sure, yeah. You want to talk Chuck E. Cheese?
0: <laughs> I mean, Discovery Zone. What about that place?
1: Uh, I don't think I've been to that one. Okay i and i
0: don't look i don't know what the business i don't know what's in the water over in pennsylvania so i've only been a few times i i I went to chuck E. cheese i think like a couple times we had birthday parties there and stuff they even say it's like oh this was big in the 80s i feel like yeah this stuff was kind of on its way out in the 90s i think like when we were growing up it was like probably not as popular but it was still kind of a thing but then by the 2000s yeah it kind of just People are like, ah, forget this. Like, 9 11 changed
1: everything. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think, I mean, Chuck E. Cheese is still around. I think it's maybe not as popular as it was before. It's not like Toys R Us where it went the way of the dinosaur. Um, You know, like, I, I think there is a, a you know, a place for it uh, in, in a modern society. It's just probably not the same thing as, uh, you know, what it once was. But then again, we're two, you know, adults with no kids.
0: Would you ever? So, would you ever take your kids to Chuck E. Cheese, Will Ashton? Sure. Of course. Okay, I'm a, I'll hold you to
1: that. I mean, unless something like terrible happens at uh, Chuck E. Cheese. Well, I mean, you-
0: it, is, it is possible. I watched a video um, less than a year ago that was sort of about like you know, what happened to Chuck E. Cheese over the years and stuff, and they have way fewer locations than they used to. I think that should be obvious enough. And
1: I mean, I think the big issue, of course, is that they they changed the mascot for you know yeah yeah. charles entertainment cheese to look like a (laughs) nice respectable uh you know oversized uh anamorphic uh rat man to now looking like a terrible disease-ridden rodent who plays the guitar and and it tries to be a rebel teenager and it's like that's not my chucky that's the thing thing.
0: is like do you honestly maybe maybe this is the case maybe one of the reasons people find five nights at freddy's so like you know wow like what a video game what a kind of like aesthetic because to them it's not as personal it's not as like oh we we grew up on that stuff like it's more nostalgia like the way that you and i think of things like from the 70s from the from the 50s and 60s of like wow it's like there's something almost kind of fantastical about that time period because it's so before our time even Uh, though stuff like that still technically exists you can still go to like a soda fountain if you look but there is there is a quality to it right a whimsical quality
1: i guess so i don't know i feel like it'd be scarier in theory for someone like us like if you ever go to chuck e cheese and you see those very wonky animatronics, and you have like the crossing thought of like man like what if this thing just went nuts it was just like, you know, <laughs> like wires got crossed. I feel like if a kid now like doesn't know that, it's just like, okay, well, what if I just, you know, run away from the animatronic? Like they I don't know, like, it's still probably scary to them, but they don't have that nostalgia like you're saying, that built in uh, relationship with like the the weird, creaky animatronics at stores like or at places like Chuck E. Cheese.
0: Maybe so. It's really the Rotten Tomatoes game. This might be an interesting one. All right. We have 184 reviews from critics. What do you think the critic score is on Rotten Tomatoes right now?
1: Uh, It's probably in the 30-40 range. I'm going to say uh,
0: 38%. Not bad. Uh, 30%, a bit lower. Hmm, okay. And, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't review this one. Um, I couldn't find somebody who wanted to review it for in-between drafts. <laughs> <laughs> that tells you something uh and I, I was like oh well i guess that's i feel like it would have done really good numbers on it between drafts though because we have we definitely have some younger readers um okay what about the audience score Relashin? we have a thousand plus verified ratings what do we got
1: uh probably more forgiving maybe like a 69 percent. nice
0: but no nice. not nice enough well it's an 87 percent.
1: okay so yeah definitely more forgiving
0: Forgiving, I think, in the sense, I think it's getting bombed by, like, the the jokesters, the hucksters, the, you know, ah, who's who.
1: Those clowns.
0: They're loving it. Yeah, they're loving it, uh, ironically. That's all it really is, <laughs> I think. That's my theory. Maybe, um, yeah. And then, I don't know if we have a cinema score. Oh, we do. Look at that. Okay, cinema score relation. What do you got? Is it, like, a C? No. It's an A-minus.
1: Really?
0: Is that right? Yeah, <laughs> it genuinely is. I'm double checking the Wikipedia page to be like, all right, am I really on Killers of a Flower Moon? Like, what are we? No, yeah, A-. minus. That's That thing like that. Far. And then we'll finish it out with Letterboxed. Now, the Letterbox is kind of unbelievable. 402,000 watches.
1: I told you, man, like people, you know, the kids are watching this. Look, I'm here. We I are know. talking
0: about this movie right now and you want to shame me and call me sure. names. All right. Also, not just four hundred and two thousand watches well. hundred and nine thousand hearts likes.
1: Okay. Wow.
0: Yeah. So wow. that said, what is the average
1: <laughs> rating for this? Uh is it like uh three point five?
0: This is
1: 2.6. Oh, okay. <laughs> this is a tough one. I feel like that's a hard one to
0: guess after all of that, huh? Yeah. Um, I mean, look, I'm looking at, like, the people I follow who watch it. A lot of people watched it who I follow. And it's a who's who of, like, are, did they give it a one-star or a two-star? <laughs> like, that's kind of where I'm at here. And uh, I can't say that I'm, I'm terribly surprised. I see one person gave it four and a half because that's their right as an American. Sure. And uh, one person gave it three and a half. And that actually is a little bit more surprising because they're like a bona fide like critic person, but I'm not their parent. Uh, (laughs)
1: Um, Yeah, I don't know. I mean, uh, I could see this one being claimed by younger generation. Maybe I don't know. I think it's going to be one of those movies. Like I don't know if if the younger generation does claim it, it'll be I don't know like a Goonies kind of thing. Even though I do like Goonies, I from what I've been told, if you watch as an adult, you're like, well, oh, this wasn't. This was very good. It Seemed scarier as a kid. Uh, yeah,
0: I definitely haven't seen it since I was like ten. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> been too yeah. long now. My time, uh, my time with it has long passed. Um, that's Five Nights at Freddy's, and uh, we have been debating what we're going to talk about next on the show. It, it is award season. Um, now look, there are a few movies that I think we both would like to talk about. We'll start with that. Yes. There's the killer. Which uh, I think yes. is going to be streaming on Netflix, uh, I think, tomorrow. So we're recording this yes. November 9th. So that is an option. Yes. Um, I, I I loved The Killer. I, thought, I shouldn't say loved. I really, really enjoyed it. I thought it was pretty great. Um, there's also The Holdovers, which I'm hoping to see this weekend. You and do, yeah. if you want to yeah. see it. Yeah. I mean, look, that's pure hype. I, I just feel like both of us have been like, let's go. Like, been waiting for this one. Um, and then it, it just, in terms of stuff that we're, we're interested in, there's, there's plenty of like releases, oh, yeah. uh, I, <laughs> um, all of us strangers, uh, I just saw, it, and uh, I don't know, it might not actually be till December till we can get to that one. Cause I don't know if it's going to yeah, be. I, uh, yeah, the uh, release, I, have, I think is a little later, huh?
1: I do have a screening for that next week. So I guess we could do it early if you wanted to, but. Um, so it depends
0: yeah, but, you know i mean you know it kind of depends on our holiday coverage and what we want to do there uh but yeah the, the big release is going to be the marvels now wh- yeah say- as we speak people are at the th- the thursday previews we don't know how it's going to do box office wise i don't think it's going to be tracking pretty well I, I
1: think it's you know tracking mm-hmm. to be like 45 maybe less million That's pretty bad I,
0: yeah i i think i think that it's probably going to not do great. I think a lot of people are kind of like uh, with like Marvel in general right now, anyway, uh, unless it's like a pretty established thing. And I think yeah. Captain Marvel is like not like a big box office draw. And people will look and they're oh. like, well, this is a big failure because the first Captain Marvel made a billion. And it's like, right. it did. But it was kind of because it was like in between, you know, Infinity War and then Endgame. And, and it was kind of teased yeah. as like a bridge between those movies. It's like, okay, it's a little bit of a different story, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I mean, and it it's also kind of like I don't know. I I, I guess it was kind of right in the high of something like Wonder Woman, like we were finally getting a female led uh, you know, comic book movie from or from Marvel and all this stuff and I don't know. I, I, yeah. I, it does seem like the, the rose is off the bloom a little bit yeah. as far as a lot Marvel. of stuff
0: has happened since basically. Yeah.
1: Um, that's it. I mean, look,
0: I, I thought it was quite good fun. I, I think that Brie Larson continues to not really be that compelling of a superhero character actor just in general. But, I think she's okay. But like, honestly, like this is a Mon Valani's movie. Like she plays miss Marvel. And I know you're kind of joking earlier. We were kind of like, well, i have to watch like a whole show it's like you know fine don't watch the marvels but i would tell anybody who is like kind of like at least likes marvel stuff generally that miss marvel is one of the better things that they've done in like the the last several years Uh, i thought the show was very good and a lot of it's because like she's just like a really like charismatic and great performer now i don't say that as a way of like to recommend it to you will because i don't think it's really your thing like, I don't think like that show is something that you're going to be like, I'm glad, you know, you got other stuff to get to, right? You're, you're a busy man.
1: Yeah, I mean, with that one, I mean, I, I'm not, uh, it, it, as far as Miss Marvel goes, I feel it's like kind of the same for me as like Olivia Rodrigo music where it's like, I'm sure it's nice and fine, but it's, I, I'm I'm not the, the intended audience for it, so I'm not really you know, I'm, yeah, I'm not a teenage girl. Yeah, and
0: that's, that's better than like trying to force yourself to be, I think. Sure. That can be kind of weird um, when people do but, that.
1: But it does seem like she, you know, even just watching the trailers, like her, you know, personality and then uh, her charisma, as you're mentioning, really does seem to shine in a way that's like, OK, it, it's clear why they Marvel had so much faith in her. Uh, maybe, you know, assuming that Miss Marvel, the show would be a bigger deal than it became. But that's the really I mean, the show was
0: showed it pretty well as a critical hit. And, you know, a lot of people watched it. I don't know what you're talking about.
1: No, I don't know. I feel like WandaVision is like the only Marvel show I know people watched.
0: No, nah, WandaVision and uh, Loki are oh, yeah. two of the bigger Loki. ones. Miss Marvel is up there too. I'd say that Miss Marvel, I think, is like probably behind Loki. Um, I, I I think the ones that have been like bona fide, like kind of disasters have been like Moon Knight and I think uh, what if didn't do super, super well. Um, and I think like She-Hulk and um, the She-Hulk definitely was kind of on the middle there. It's like it had some interest, but it really dropped off. And then I think one of the bigger misses was uh, Captain America and Winter S- no, No, uh, no. Falcon, Falcon and Winter Soldier. That, that one kind of like had way higher expectations. Hawkeye was just kind of like, OK, of a hit. So no, I I would I would push back there, and I'd say that Miss Marvel is kind of like in the the top three. Not that that it's like a very contestable list that you want to be on a prestigious I, list.
1: I just mean in terms of like making any cultural impact. I feel I like, mean that like, too. I don't know. I mean, I guess we'll just have to agree or disagree on that one. <laughs> but that's the but, thing.
0: I think you kind of disconnected from Marvel by the time, maybe. like by the time we hit twenty twenty two. I feel like you were kind of like out of the. Just, you know, I, I noticed a pretty there to me, there was a very notable difference between the conversations or lack thereof during Miss Marvel Moon Knight and those shows like because they were around the same time uh, and She-Hulk, too.
1: I did watch a little bit of She-Hulk. I, I guess I should mention that as far as uh, my Marvel awareness. But yeah, I mean, I once they started establishing that I had to watch Disney Plus shows, that's when I kind of tuned out.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's all right, uh, because we'll be able to talk about other stuff. And uh, literally, as we speak, there's a new Loki show, and I haven't seen any of it. Secret Invasion, I didn't even mention that one. I, was... I
1: mentioned that. I guess you didn't hear me, but yeah. Oh,
0: I, yeah, I didn't hear yet, but. Uh, <laughs> um, and, and will I mean is it possible that we talk about the curse on
1: some oh, We did talk about the rehearsal, so I'm I'm not uh not opposed.
0: I mean, yeah, I mean, that starts up this weekend, so it's going to be on Paramount Plus, and we both have Paramount Plus, so I mean, that's my
1: pitch. Yeah, um, but there's also uh, Anatomy of Fall and Priscilla as well, so Oops.
0: Yeah, Priscilla is the one that it, 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 look. there are just a few screenings I missed. That's what it comes down to, and I do really want to see Priscilla. And Anatomy of the Fall, I I, I am going to say, I have to see it. Um, And so, it's just a matter I, of one.
1: At the very least, though, you can see that there's all these things, and then you're saying, but Marvels. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah, because I had fun at the Marvels. It's a funny movie. Good time.
1: Alright, well, that was Five Nights at Freddy's.
0: Thanks for listening, and uh, we'll be back next week, or whenever you hear us. Uh, See y'all next time. Uh, From the Internet, California, I'm John O'Groney.
1: And from the Internet, Pennsylvania, I'm Washington. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.